Hey there, ladies. Guess what? Being Eve is hosting its very first event. That's right. Come on out March 28th to celebrate Women's History Month by painting with a twist. Yes, we are painting and sipping, ladies. So come ready to connect with some amazing women. Have fun. Enjoy some drinks, food, and of course, be ready to paint. Now, I don't want to hear, but Casey, I don't know how to draw. That's all right. (laughs) There will be an instructor right there with us, guiding us through as we paint an amazing portrait that embodies womanhood. So come alone or come with a sister friend or with a group of friends. Just come on out and enjoy a fun night of painting and connecting. This event will be held in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're in the area, I want to see you there. Details are in the show notes, so be sure to click that link. Welcome back to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and today, ladies, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Sharon Swain, and she is the co-author of Listen to My Life and co-founder of One Life Maps. Sharon's vision statement is to be a catalyst for generative change, and her mission statement is to help people articulate their intentions and live them out. Her husband, Tom, and son, Matthew, are members of Willow Creek Community Church in South Barrington, Illinois. Photography, pottery, and snow skiing are a few of the activities she enjoys because they connect her to God. Ladies, help me welcome Sharon Swing. Well, hi, Sharon. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Well, I am excited to be with you. So excited to be with you. Yay! I've been looking forward to this conversation for a number of different reasons. And ladies, by the time you get to the end of the episode, you will know why. (laughs) Sharon, I formally introduced you to the audience in a previous recording. But before we jump into all of why I have you on the podcast today, Please share with the ladies a brief synopsis of your personal journey and how it all led you to listen to my life. Oh, goodness. That's the long story short, right? Okay. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up in communications uh, at University of Illinois uh, in college and ended up in a job um, in advertising and then in training and video production, and then ended up leading this this group in a Fortune 500 company in, in my mid-20s that the job was to train all 22,000 people to help them understand the new vision of the organization and, um, and how to change from kind of a top-down uh, autocratic, I mean, you know, very autocratic kind of a situation to kind of right. a, a quality improvement bottom up and got exposed to all kinds of ways of learning and facilitating and and um, really great learning theory. And I had an opportunity to get my master's in organization development. And I, that was the first time I hit this thing called life mapping. And um, as a cohort in that in that program, um, we'd spend eight days together every eight weeks, which is a long time to spend with people, but it was all about group dynamics and uh, right. we learned how to listen to each other. And part of it was we mapped our stories and that was the first time I'd ever reviewed my story and then got to listen to the stories of others. And it's perspective changing when you get to do that. And then in different leadership development programs and all along the way, um, life mapping kept coming back in a way that then I knew when I hit a crossroads in life to go back to life mapping. And then I was working with, uh, I was working at uh, a large church and um, a friend of mine was the director of spiritual mentoring. And she was using like a little lifeline exercise in training people how to be mentors. And I brought her some materials that I had used um, before and that were very visual in nature and um, and said maybe there'd be a confluence of this 
facilitation thing that we call graphic recording and this way of looking at your story visually that we could create something together and um, had the opportunity to write with my co-author, Sybil Towner, um, these materials called Listen to My Life. And the, the life mapping as a spiritual practice, as a development practice in our own lives um, is so incredibly instructive to help us to understand who we are and mm-hmm. we're and and we're all looking for a way to tell ourselves a coherent story about our lives right and figure out how to plan it forward and this is this this is the practice that helps you do that and when you do that in a in a christian sense and you're open to having a conversation with god and you open up these life mapping materials it's all about us having a conversation with God about the story he's writing through our lives. And that's the it. basis of what Listen to My Life is about. And it's not just the one map that's the timeline. There are seven other maps in the series that are built around it. And uh, so it combines teaching people how to document their stories how to have conversations with God about it. So we incorporate all kinds of spiritual practices. We teach people how to listen to one another using listening guidelines that builds incredibly deep community. Because how many people have actually heard your story? Like sit there and right. listen long enough to hear your story, especially, you know, I mean, many, some of us have counselors that will, that will do that if you pay them to, right? Right. <laughs> listen to my life is used by counselors, but also coaches and spiritual directors, but, but friends small groups, um, to churches. It. Really incorporates everything that being Eve is all about. Just incorporating the power of storytelling and what that can do when we actually listen and take the time to hear someone else's story. Right. One of the things that stood out to me, Sharon, when I was going through the introduction booklet was where it said, life is too short to be lived unintentionally. How does listen to my life, help you learn how to do that, how to live intentionally. Well, I read a line one time in my journal. It's, it's, I've got no more time for five-year five, five year detours. Mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you go down a path for one reason or another that then you realize right. you've dead-ended. And it's not that you're not going to gain something from the wisdom of, of of being on the wrong path, but you don't want to keep doing five-year detours. Right, you <laughs> and don't. This, this idea of knowing yourself and understanding yourself well enough and trusting the, that the Holy Spirit is in us and he's speaking to us. And in some Christian circles, we've been, we've been taught to distrust ourselves. Mm. You know, to say, no, Explain I... that. Yeah, so, okay. I don't know what kind of Christian background many of your listeners come from, but mm-hmm. in some circles, you know, it, we're, we're supposed to just listen for God, listen for God, listen for God. But what we don't necessarily teach people is how to discern what God might be speaking to us and that he lives in us and he intends to live through us. And he intends right. us to experience him through all of our senses. Mm through all of our senses. He made us to connect with him through our bodies, through our eyes and our ears and a sense of touch and taste and smell and, and that gut feeling we get sometimes about that. Right. That we can call intuition or you might want to consider the idea that sometimes that's the Holy Spirit. Right. And and we get really confused on how to discern the difference between those things. And if we teach people how to distrust themselves and distrust their stories, then we're we're really disadvantaging people from being able to to learn the nuances of living in the spirit, living with living with God in conversation with Him. 
Right. I love that because you often hear that scripture being said, my sheep know my voice, right? And you're so right about not being taught how to discern the voice of God throughout our life experiences. Um, Most of the times you'll hear where God will speak through you, to you through his word, which is true, Mm-hmm. But there's so many other experiences that one will have with God throughout their relationship, right? That I know yes. I've had many experiences where sometimes if I share with people, they'll look at me strangely because most people would never have these experiences because we're not taught to pay attention to the ways God speaks to us. We're not taught to discern, like you said. And it's unfortunate because a lot of times we are only taught to hear from God from either a venue of church by way of a leader, a pastor, you know, and not really taught to hear the voice of God from within. So that that is so true. And I can attest to that even in my own relationship and walk with God. Um, right. So how how can we, where is one place we can start to do that? How can we learn to start to do that? Well, the, the Listen to My Life materials have eight different visual maps in them that all have instruction mm-hmm. book, booklets in them. And the first map, if I, if, I, if I run through the maps real quick, and then I'll go back to the first one because that's yes. right the beginning. Yes. Okay, so first map is called the My Life Now map. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, my life story is next. Peak experiences, valley experiences. That's the one that's about actually learning how to process through valley experiences. Really right. important because very few people have been taught how to do that. Um, yes. viewing, viewing my days is the next one, like keeping current with God, right? And next is desires and longings, life-giving rhythms, which is all about spiritual practices that help us to um, recognize and respond to God in this next season of our lives because spiritual practices need to change over a lifetime depending on our circumstances. And then the following forward map, following Jesus forward, that's what that is. Like, What are we going to sort out of our stories? What are we going to take with us and what are we going to leave behind? That's a key concept of the whole thing is, mm. is we're sorting out our stories to decide what we're going to take with us and what we're going to leave behind. Because there's some voices from our past that need to be left behind, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And then there's some wow. wisdom we need to pay attention to and take with us. Yes. And there's a knowing of self and knowing of God. And, you know, there's, a, there's an author that said that there is no true knowing of self without a true knowing of God and no true knowing of God without a true knowing of self. Mm. And those two things are interrelated inextricably, and that's what wisdom looks like is, is to be able to know ourselves and to know God well and, mm. um, and to understand um, how Yes, we can be very self-deceptive creatures. Um, right. So to know each other well is to be able to, to sort out the fact from fiction <laughs> in that with God's help. And But the more the more distorted our view of self is, a lot of times our view of God is pretty distorted too. And so, That's true. Yeah. So our picture of God changes over time. Okay, yes. that My Life Now map, which is the first of the eight in, of the series of in Listen to My Life, Maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story. So everything we're talking about is about that subtitle, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. First map, My Life Now, there is one question on that particular map um, that's, uh, that's asking about your lingering question. Now, a lingering question is, what question are you bringing to this exercise? What question do you have about your life or about God or about who you are um, that just kind of keeps seeping up in between, in the in-between spaces, the thing you're working on. Sometimes it's a really practical kind of a thing, like should I move? Should I take this job or that job? Should should I sell my house and, you know, buy another one? You know, so those are like practical life decisions that need to be made. But sometimes these questions get, get really um, – tender and close to the core, like, does God really love me? Does he really like me? Right. Or my mind one of, something deep. Or what tell me about yours. So my question would be, 
um, for me personally is where was God in this particular part of my life where it was a traumatic experience of um, molestation, right? So often I think about that, that question, and then the other one was where was God during the time of my miscarriages? That one sticks with me too. Okay, I got to just push pause here and say I am so sorry for your losses, and I'm so sorry Thanks. for your pain. I am so sorry. You have spoken some really deep pain here, and I just want to acknowledge that. That has, Thank you very much. And just just hold that with you for a second there. I mean, I just I feel that with you, and um, and to to know that those things have occurred prompts a particular kind of lingering question, doesn't it? Right. And, right. And, and to say, okay, God, can I, and underneath that, you know, just below the surface of it, maybe, God, I want to trust you, but it's really hard. How? You know, just that, those just deep questions of this God that, that, we know loves us and we love them and and right our life experience is telling us a different story sometimes and we need That's to true. acknowledge the fact that it does tell us a different story than that sometimes because our our story is always competing with god for our attention mm. and that and is our, so and our, true yeah, so we have to realize that we more readily react from our past rather than responding to God. Yes, and I want to provide an example there for that because those two examples that I gave to you often make me hoover as a parent over my daughters, where I feel like I have to keep them close mm-hmm. and I have to protect them in every way, right? And I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipresent, but again, it's that trust factor with God that because he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he can actually protect them, right? But in my mind, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to hoover because that trust factor there with God and me not understanding where he was when those two things happened to me in my life. And Mm -hmm. as a result, that trust is really not there in that way. If I have mm-hmm. to be really, really honest with myself right now and really authentic. Right. And and there's there is nothing about that that doesn't make sense. There's nothing about that that is shameful. But to be able to speak it out in the presence of me and anybody who else is listening and right. God himself, to say, God, I've really got a problem here. I got a trust problem. Because if you, if, you know, I don't know where you were then, so can I trust that you're here now? Right. So help me, help me in my unbelief because I cannot, I don't, because what I'm hearing you say, you don't want to do it without God? I don't. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely do not. not. So, so like, where else would I go, right? Is is, is a question in one of the scriptures. It's like, where else would I go from what else would I choose but to follow God? I need him. I need him. And so to go ahead and be able to re- relationship with God in a way that says he can take that conversation. Mm. He doesn't hold wow. it against you. He doesn't shame you. That's he doesn't so think less of you. He doesn't love you less. He doesn't like you less. He realizes, he knows how hard this life is. And the scriptures tell us that he understands that. And I think that's a good reason why God chose to have Jesus' earthly life story go the way it did too. It shows us, yes, I was with him all the way through every amount of difficulty, every amount of rejection, every amount of, of, of all the stuff he didn't deserve that came his way. And yet he figured out how to stay connected with God and right. that he, it was, it was part of his being. And we need that encouragement to know that he suffered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that, so that we can understand 
that we are not alone. He he understands it. He he understands. He's been there. And to to to, to come to the to the conclusion through a lot of work and a lot of processing and a lot of honesty with God that difficulty will come, but God is with us in the midst of it. And and I truly believe that that's true. Yeah. And it, but that's not an easy thing to come by that you actually (laughs) know it and feel it. And I mean, so let's talk about it, right. And, And not try to keep it, keep it under wraps and kind of put on that victory smile and pretend right. it's not there and our doubts and our fears and our, our misgivings and all of that stuff to be able to actually speak it out in a way that, that puts it in the midst of community that can be there to hold us in the midst of our difficulties and doubts because of the fact that that, that group of people that you can speak that out to, hopefully they're going to behave in compassionate ways that reflect Christ's presence to you as the body of Christ. Right. But there are a whole lot of ways Christian communities can mess that up, wouldn't you say? A whole lot of ways, unfortunately, where where we can and where we have messed that up. Absolutely. I did have a question for you in regards to that because I know one of the things as I was reading the booklet, it talks about doing this with a friend. It talks about mm-hmm. doing this with um, a group or a therapist. And I can see why because if you're doing these deep questions and talking to God about these hurts and traumatic situations, I understand it. But why do you guys recommend it? To do it in the community? Right, because because we need community. We're made, we're made, we're made to be together. We have this deep longing, as a reflection of who God is, to belong. Just as the Trinity is is a creates belonging, um, we're invited to that to that table. We're invited to do this thing called life and and all with the trinity and with this thing that god named the body of christ which is right. all of us and um and we're supposed to try to figure this out how to be together and to love one another and to suffer along with one another and to encourage each other and to love each other and <laughs> all because that's what life is but that's what when life is at its best. With the group setting and talking about your personal, you know, stories, and I understand why people would want it to be a safe place. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me in regards to that within the book was when you talked about unconditional acceptance. I love that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. so often as Christians, we can have our judgment hat on and um, forget to offer grace to one another in regards to some of the things that we've either done or experienced or what have you. Talk a bit about what that unconditional acceptance allows for the life mapping experience and what it does for us as a group in order to just pretty much just be there for one another. Well, that's a really good question because there's also a listening guideline in the midst of that that's no fixing, rescuing, and advising, right? Right. (laughs) I'm teaching through this stuff and I've got a PowerPoint. You know, I always set that no fixing, rescuing, and advising thing to flash when it comes on, you know, like scream at you. (laughs) That's hard. There's no no judgment thing is a big deal. And, And this no fixing, rescuing, or advising. And because of the fact that we have not learned very well in Christian circles, just how to be with one another in a non non judgmental way. And a lot of times that's what Jesus is. He's right. being with us in a non judgmental way. So there's nothing that that as a listener sometimes that can be any possibly even close to as profound as us being able to be there and to be silently praying for this person 
in a way that hopefully in the midst of that silence after they have just spoken, they can hear themselves and then they can also hear the Holy Spirit in the midst of that. That our eyes and our bodies can tell this person that they are held, that they are loved, that they are not judged. Just when it started getting good, here we are with the break. Ladies, we'll be right back after this quick message. So we have to become Jesus with skin on as listeners in the midst of that. Now, that person may not get it all straightened out right away. And that's not our responsibility to set them straight or to fix them. But yet when we, if that, that just one person is sharing, but if you're doing this in a group, that, that other people are sharing too. And the, the vulnerability tends to spiral down in terms of the depth. You know, once people realize that it's a safe place, then they can really relax into it and trust it. And it takes a while for that to happen. So that's what we try to give people a taste of in the midst of this, always creating these listening environments. And so it's one thing to, for example, do this with a counselor where you're paying them to listen to you. Right. It's a whole different thing to be in a situation where you are also not only given a chance to speak, but you're, you're doing a lot of listening. Because the listening can be more transforming to us than the speaking. My next question for you in regards to the listening piece was something that you mentioned before. Is that no fixing, advising, or rescuing allowed? Mm-hmm. Um, because so often when we're listening and someone is saying something, we just want to automatically just, just want to in, input um, our thoughts mm-hmm. or oh, it's okay, or, you know, we want to comfort that person in that moment, and we don't really allow them the space or the opportunity to share what they want to share, or we interrupt, or what have you. So important that we don't fix or advise or rescue while we're listening. Because it's an act of trust that the Holy Spirit will do that? There goes that big word, trust, again. Yeah. Yeah, there we are again. It's kind of... Yeah. (laughs) That's what... (laughs) I mean, really, you get down to it, and that's what life with God is about, right? Will yeah. Well, you trust me. Will you trust me? And I remember in the midst of, a, I don't know if you've ever experienced an imaginative prayer ex- experience where, um, where uh, I was, I was actually able to visualize uh, walking on the beach with Jesus, and I was. And and my lingering question was kind of this, um, you know, I, I need some answers and I need them now, God, kind of stuff, you know. And right. I'm walking on the beach with Jesus, and, and, and I realize I'm not going to get an answer to my question. And so I start telling him pretty emphatically why I need an answer and why I need it now. And and he just turns and looks at me, and, and we're on the beach, and I'm, and I'm using my hands and kind of explaining all this to, to him, you know, Ex- of course, you know explaining it to God because of course you have to right right <laughs> ridiculous like thought. he doesn't know <laughs> and, 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 and the more I'm using my hands I'm not only kicking up this big cloud of of black dust mm. but I'm also uh I realize I'm getting shorter and shorter and shorter and I look down and I'm actually like digging a hole in the sand and I'm getting you know I'm kind of like you know, just kind of getting lower and lower and lower. And Jesus right. looks, is looking down at me. Finally, I'm just like, I stopped. I stopped and just in exasperation, right? And I look up at Jesus and he looks down at me and he reaches his hand down. So I grab his hand and he pulls me out of the hole. <laughs> and we keep walking down the beach. And then I realize that this big black cloud of dust that I've that I've stirred up with using my hands to emphatically tell God about my my need to know what to do. Right. And uh, and he turns around and goes, and he blows over his shoulder, and the cloud of the black cloud of dust just dissipates. It's just gone. And then he turns to me and he says, "If I told you how it was all going to turn out, it wouldn't be an adventure, would it?" And then it was like, it was all over. It was just over. And it was one of the strangest 
experiences I've ever had in prayer. <laughs> wow. It was like a scene wow. that played out in front of me. It doesn't, you know, it, it, but it's just like, oh, my gosh. So Jesus didn't judge me. He listened to right. me. He did all this. But it was one of those things that, and, and, and the way he said it to me, this, this, if I told you how it was all going to work out, it wouldn't be an adventure, would it? You know, I mean, just so winsome and almost funny, you know. In typical Jesus fashion, because that's it. that's something I I can hear or you know and see based upon his interaction with the disciples and the responses he would give them to certain things. It's like okay, yeah, I could definitely see him saying something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think the more I get to know Jesus, the the more um, likable the more approachable, the more loving, winsome, and actually funny he is. Because, I mean, I grew up with that pretty healthy dose of, 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 of anger and wrath and, and everything, right. but not terribly approachable. Not somebody you'd actually want to call friend or even be near. Right. Is the picture of right. God I was handed. And yeah. so... All of us have this picture of God that we've been handed from somebody else, right? Yes. As we're coming up in the faith. And then we have to realize that our picture of God changes over time. Absolutely. Because it changes with our experiences of who God is, uh, with God, right? Mm-hmm. And the different Absolutely. things that happen over our life. And it's it takes some pretty tough detours sometimes when really, really hard things happen, like what happened to you. Right. And so we're always working on this, sorting out our picture of God thing. And so sometimes with the church folk thing, sometimes when we're questioning God, sometimes that's not really allowed. It's not. It's not. And it's almost like we're, yeah, it's just not. It depends it's on what circles you're honest. in. It depends it on depends. the denomination. And the church, and yeah, absolutely. And, but typically, and, and who the pastor is, even right? And Just who the pastor is. That. That's true. That's true. But we really aren't taught that it's okay unless you have, a, as you just shared, through your own personal journey with God, and you begin to relate to Him, and He begins to relate to you, and you begin to have conversations and get to know His character and who He is. Um, that you do feel more comfortable asking, right, um, right. and not mm-hmm. have that fear of, oh, my goodness, can I ask him why, you know? Um, but that's true. I, I I often hear people say all the time, well, you know, God is God, is God and he does what he, he wills, you know, he's sovereign, which is all true, but there are times you just have those questions, and, and Non-believers have those questions, and as believers, sometimes we have a hard time even answering those questions because we just don't ask. We don't ask, and when they have those questions, we don't know what to say either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, and I mean, there are a lot of things that are like that, but what we want to be able to do is do our best at, at tracing the activity of God in our stories. And to be able to to uh, to know our own stories well, and recognize that different life experiences give us different lenses to look at our own stories, and also give us different kinds of understanding of who God is, and to get comfortable with the fact that my picture of day, of God tomorrow is not going to be the same as what it is today, and hmm. it's this journey we take with God. And we will not know him completely until we see him face to face. And we're, and, but he wants to be in relationship with us and he wants us to understand that he's writing a story through our lives. And he wants to live through you as you, just as he made you to be. He has a purpose and a plan and a way. And really, I mean, Let's talk about this idea of there are ways in which we can turn toward God and get in the flow of what he is up to and who he made us to be 
And there are all kinds of ways we can try to swim against that flow and swim against his purposes. And it's going to be a whole lot harder, right? <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. I'm not even interested in swimming against this flow. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, in, in some of the mystics in, in this practice of um, what they call the examine is, is basically reviewing our days. And that's what one of the maps is, is this practice of reviewing my days, is how do we actually review our days in a way, in, in a way that helps us gain wisdom? And um, so the older writers would call it consolation and desolation. Consolation is how we're, how we're turning toward God, basically getting in his flow. And desolation, how are we turning away from God and against his purposes and plans? And so we, we need to realize that we have choices every day to do one or the other. <laughs> it's so true. And so and this is a daily thing. This is learning how to do this every single day. Right. So within the Listen to My Life materials, there's this Reviewing My Days map, which is a color map. Basically, you can um, once you get the materials, there's this little URL in there, and you can download that particular map in a black and white version, and you can mm-hmm. fill out one every day for as long as you want. But then this one, the the color map that's in the that's in the materials, um, are kind of a it's kind of a summary map. So if you do it for a week or you do it for a month or whatever else, you, then you can kind of you can kind of plot it out on this color map as part of the series, and um, and be able to learn from that. But you know, underlying this whole thing here is also this idea, you know, you've probably heard the phrase or, or original sin, right? Yes. But have you heard the phrase original blessing? No. Okay. This is a big deal. <laughs> because remember that that theologians over time in 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 the in history have disagreed on different things about how to read scripture and some emphasize right. some things more than others that's why we have so many denominations and all right right okay. so original sin is a concept that basically says we're born sinful mm-hmm. and we need Jesus to fix us right mm-hmm. the idea of original blessing says we were born good. And yes, we have all kinds of opportunities to mess up. No, no doubt about that. But there is an original self of who God made us to be. And he's trying to help that original self navigate through this life and express itself for the good of God and the, <laughs> for, the, for the good of others and the glory of God over a lifetime. It's the difference between starting in Genesis 1 and starting the story in Genesis 3. In Genesis 1, Jesus creates and he says, it is good, 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 it is very good. Then the fall happens, right? Right. But if you, there's a difference between starting the story, our own stories in Genesis 1, or starting our own stories in Genesis 3. You get what I'm getting at here? I, I get where you're getting at, Sharon. I really <laughs> do. But let me tell you, that, that takes a huge shift in mindset. Um, because for so long, and I'm just talking for myself, it's been ingrained right um jet the fall the fall we live in a fallen world we live in a fallen world you know and they, we're mm-hmm. not good and you know we're the heart of man is wicked and you you're just it's in, in your mind all oh, i know at least for me so i completely get where you're coming from with the original blessing and that's where i eventually want to be where my mindset is where I'm, I'm thinking about how God originally created, getting me back to that place of what he purposed and created me to be from the very beginning and not from the place of my fallen self, right? And so that, right. that's like my mind is exploding. Even as you, it came out of your mouth, my eyes, you didn't see me, but my eyes just went boom. Yeah. <laughs> because that's a huge shift 
in thinking, at least for me, the implications of that are huge, 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 huge. Because basically you started original sin and you basically said, yes, you're evil. You can't trust yourself. I say to myself all the time, I can't trust myself. I say it all the time. Well, wow. you can trust your true self. There are all kinds of ways to behave and to act out of your false self, which is is, is, is trying to swim upstream, right, as opposed to going with the flow. Right. Of who God made you to be. Right. And so wouldn't it be a better world if all of us understood that we were made good and what we're, what this journey is about? I mean, yes, all kinds of things have happened to us. And there's all kinds of ways we have we have tried to go against the flow, and there's all kinds of hurts that have come our way that have that have helped us to continue on that path in different ways. When we hold on to anger and bitterness and untrust, untrusting toward God and all those kinds of things, we get ourselves in trouble. We just keep doing it <laughs> because hurt people hurt people and hurt people make right. stupid decisions. But yet God is here to heal and redeem and restore. And every The, the whole arc of the storyline of the Bible is a redemption story. Right. God's story is a redemption story. That makes your story a redemption story. Absolutely. So we're yeah. trying to get people to understand in the midst of their own story here, because your story matters. Your story Absolutely. is precious, and your story is precious to God, and he is in the process of redeeming and restoring it. And wouldn't it be great if we knew how to cooperate with him in that a little bit better? Right. Because our our lack of self-awareness gets in the way of us being able to recognize and respond to him. You know what kept coming up for me as you were talking in that particular piece that you were just saying um, is condemnation. That word condemnation. Uh, so often we just stay in that. Well, I should just talk about me. It's so hard sometimes to see yourself the way God um, sees you because it's just the heaviness of some of the things that we've experienced or done and just the feeling of condemnation and knowing that, you know, we're, we, we aren't condemned anymore, right? That's what Jesus mm-hmm. came for, to remove that from us. But for some reason, that feeling often stays with us so that we aren't able to see ourselves. Well, I'm saying we, but I'm talking about me. I'm able to see ourselves in that place of original blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, and I mean, yeah. you get, think of, think of the Bible verses. Now there is no more condemnation for those who are right. in Jesus. Right. It, it, it is, this is, as we read our Bible through these lenses, because I just handed you a new set of lenses, right? You sure did. <laughs> so go you back sure and did. read those verses through those lenses and see if you can understand God speaking to these words of life to you. That your freedom is there for you. That his love for you has always been there for you. <laughs> for you. From before the beginning of your life, before your birth, you were knit together in your mother's womb. You were born into his love, and there's nothing that can remove you from it. He knows you're going to wander, but your love, his love has always been there for you that you can step back into. It never went away. You can stray, look the other way. All kinds of stuff, all kinds of things can happen along the way. But God's love for you is always, that has always been there for you. And it has always been there for every single human being. Some people will respond to it and some people won't. But it doesn't change the fact that he, his love is always there. I believe that. I receive that. It is now looking at it from that new perspective because it was always looking at it from the place of original sin, always, right? We 
Jeremiah 29, 11, always saying that, you know, always, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper, you plans to give you hope in the future, but it was always from the place of the fallen nature and not from the place of the original blessing. And so that mindset shift for me is, is going to be huge. And I'm so thankful that you shared that with me and with the audience. And I hope you ladies will be able to grab it for yourself and digest it and take your time to process it because I know I surely will. But, wow, thank you so much, Sharon. You know, the, this, this journey of, of moving through um, Listen to My Life is, um, it is a life-giving journey, and it takes courage. I don't want to deny that. But it is part of the journey of understanding God, your belovedness to God and actually creating communities of belonging and belovedness that represent a little slice of heaven on earth. That's our goal. Because, right. my gosh, we need that because then when we experience we it, we've got something more to pass on to the people around us. We can be conduits of God's love to other people in new and fresh ways. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, mm-hmm. so that leads me to this one question. If a listener right now is hearing everything that you're saying and they're like, wow, I think, I think um, I'm ready to do this program, but they, you know, they having all of these different emotions and thoughts and feelings. What are some of the things that um, – someone would be feeling right now if they are ready to truly embark on the journey of visual mapping with listening to my life well um let me let me pray for anybody that's that's there right now (laughs) for starters and then i'll tell you what the practical steps are to get in touch with us if you want to um heavenly father your beloved daughters are listening And I ask that you would reconfirm the truth of their belovedness to you. That you have a, you blessed them from the beginning. Hmm. And all you want is to, them to respond to your love. To your grace. To know that they can trust that love no matter what. I pray that you would reconfirm that to their hearts right now. And as they finish listening to this podcast, I pray that even if they might just find a quiet space to just put themselves in a place to receive that, Lord, that you would prompt them and give them that that space, um, even in unexpected ways. Oh, I pray for luck and this podcast that you would prosper it and grow it and let the word go out far and wide. The love that there is in you to be able to flow through these women for the benefit of the world around them and for your glory. Amen. Amen. So that's my prayer for now. And, uh, and yeah, practically speaking, um, our website is onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. You can find out about Listen to My Life um, at that URL. We do have a podcast as well. It's called One Life Maps Podcast. It's O-N-E-L-I-F-E. That's one word. It's all smashed together at the beginning, then space, and then map. It's real hard to find it if you don't type it in that way. So it's right. O-N-E-L-I-F-E space M-A-P-S podcast. And uh, and so you can you can learn more more about us that way, and um, you can download the introduction booklet for free right off the homepage of the website, and uh, we're going to be doing a virtual class, uh, taking people through this. People from all over the place will join in. Um, that'll be starting I think April seventh is the date we've set. I'm just getting the offer up for that one. And so last time we had people from, let's see, we had somebody from South America, we had somebody from France, we had somebody from Canada, we had people from the United States. It was really amazing. Um, so you, you can do that if you'd like, or you can just order the materials and choose to use them with, with a few friends. And, um, yeah, we've got all kinds of help to be able to 
get you started if that's what you want to do. So don't hesitate to ask us for what you need to get it going. Love it, love it, love it. And ladies, I will have the links in the show notes for you so you guys could just quickly go to the show notes and click on all those links to keep in contact with Sharon and to learn more about Listen to My Life, Life Mapping. So, Sharon, I do have one final question for you, and it's a question that I ask every person that I have on being Eve. So tell me one thing that you have found in common with your story and Eve's story. Oh, I got to go to Original Blessing. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I mean, what else could I do after all that, right? Right. Original blessing. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, oh, you know, what I'd like to do a whole lot more of is is walk and talk with with Eve in the, in the cool of the of the evening um, with, with God. <laughs> that would be an amazing, wonderful thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I just, I, I, I love that question, and I love that that's kind of where our conversation led to. <laughs> yes, it did. It did because Eve gets such a bad rap so often because of the fall, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone just sees her story and they only see the fall. And I'm like, there's so much more to her story um, if we stop looking at it from the lens of just the fall. So that mm-hmm. whole original blessing thing truly has been a blessing to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Sharon, Many thank you so much you. for joining me. I truly, truly was blessed by this conversation, and I know there are going to be so many women that will be blessed by it as well. Uh, thank you so much. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.